Hello and welcome to the Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. And as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Daniel and Shay. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well, man. We're doing very, very well. How? Why did you say it like that? Yeah. Because I know things. I've seen the future. Oh, I've seen the future, too. Oh, we've, we've all seen the future. We've all, all seen, the future. seen the future. We can't tell you <laughs> the future. <laughs> How are you, Anthony? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, uh, some crazy things happened this week for us, so, uh, you know, we, we can't divulge <laughs> what happened, but I'm going to leave our audience in suspense. Yeah. Let's just say we had a fourth member and now he's dead. It? Well, it was a busy week then. Busy week, yeah. yeah, we had to bury him. Yeah. Wait a second. Nate was just on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, I'm so sorry. We're that sorry, you have to Nate. Die. We're sorry. As always, you can catch a new episode of the movie podcast every Monday across all your favorite podcast services. If you want to be part of the show and give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections, you can head over to at the movie podcast on Instagram and Twitter and write into the show. The movie pos- pot the movie podcast is on a mission to hit 200 Apple Podcast reviews before September. So please head over to our show page on Apple Podcasts. So so many of you have already um, left us some comments and great reviews. So we're looking forward to hitting that 200. Um, so we can become Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I just want to be. Wait a second. We just want to be rotten. We, we will physically turn into a rotten tomato. I think that. I think that's what our goal is. Yeah. Is like that's. We just want to become rotten fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Or vegetables. Oh, or vegetables. Yeah. What is is tomato a fruit or vegetable? Right, I think it's, it's, right, it's right, a right fruit. into this time. It's a fruit. Let, let us the know. movie podcast. The movie right. podcast. I'm gonna just tell you it's a fruit. Oh yeah. A spoiler. Alert. Oh, because you're Italian, huh? You just <laughs> no. It's it's scientifically proven. It's a fruit. Okay. It's the one fruit that I don't eat, though, but I love ketchup. You don't like tomatoes, eh? I don't eat, I don't eat tomatoes, but I love ketchup. Love ketchup. Okay. Do you eat, do you have, like, pasta with, with I do. tomato sauce? Yeah, yeah, but I just won't have, like, a slice of tomato in my burger. Oh, mm. yeah. You won't have tomato salad? Mm, actually, if I have tomato salad, I don't mind it. Dude, but, you just uh, don't eat chopped up tomatoes? I just don't eat slices of tomatoes. I think that's what I'm Do you like cherry tomatoes? Slices. What about cherry tomatoes? Huh? Cherry tomatoes. They're great. Oh, actually, I do in. like cherry tomatoes. I think you like more, you know, tomatoes. I love tomatoes. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to talk about tomatoes today and my love for them. <laughs> and I just wanted to get you guys to that point. Yeah. Tomato cast. Welcome. Tomato cast. <laughs> let's go farming. Um, let's talk about some announcements. We have reviews up for WandaVision Episode 9 featuring Nate from Geek Centric. Rest in peace. Rest <laughs> in peace, Nate. Um, we also have Raya and the Last Dragon that just came out so you can listen to our review on that and coming to america that uh i know daniel and shay just uh, did a review on recently yeah, we had to go to america to watch that one yeah um and you can catch all our other reviews that we've done throughout the year and stay tuned for more and more and more and more and more that are coming out in the future i'm gonna kick it off to daniel for some interesting um interview interview or not interviewer. Uh, guests? Guests, yes. That's the word, guest. <laughs> An interview with the guests this week. That we have this week. Yeah, so so I guess we're, we're speaking with him this week, but it will be coming out next week, because next week is all about, obviously, the Snyder Cut. Uh, we're going to be talking to Sean O'Connell, who is the author of Release the Snyder Cut, the crazy true story behind the fight that saved Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, so we're going to be talking to, to Sean this week, and... Yeah, I mean, what more could be said about the Justice League Snyder Cut at this point? I mean, it's coming. We're so excited for it. We can't wait to watch it. 
And we can't wait to talk to, to Sean about, you know, what he's hoping for and about his book. Because obviously, the Snyder Cut has been a giant campaign for the last three and a half years at this point. And mm-hmm. um, you, we were really going to dive deep into what it all means. Um, also this week, which is really cool, we are uh, affiliates with P-Link. So if you ever, if you ever uh, uh, hoping you're following the movie podcast and us on social media, you'll see us tweet out a link that says like P-Link dot or slash TMP. And you're probably wondering, what exactly is that link? Well, we're super excited to announce that the movie podcast is an affiliate for P-Link. Um, and P-Link makes uh, smart links for podcasts will, that will automatically open installed podcast apps on iOS, Android, desktop, and any other smart watch devices too. Uh, if you run a podcast, P-Link is an essential tool um, to send your listeners to the right place on any device every time and we're so happy that uh we're affiliates for them so if you're running a podcast you need to be using them and uh check out our show notes for an affiliate link yeah thank you p-link thanks p-link for partnering with us on this thanks plink 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 is it plink or p-link well it's probably p-link it's probably probably podcast podcast plink you know plink plink um no but it's great i mean the nice thing is like anytime we share the links to our show you tap on it it opens you right up into the podcast app either on spotify or on android whatever you're listening to so it makes it a lot easier for us to share the new uh content that we're making for you guys to listen to using our using our link will uh support the podcast so thank you 100 Mm percent well let's head into the news Oh, you had, Wait, a, you had, had a different a one, extra eh? ones there. Yeah. You know why? You know why, man? Episode 96, we need a couple more dues. Do we? Do, I don't know. I heard a rumor. Do, we already have three dues do, on this show. Do, do, oh. Do. oh. That's the sing song version. Yeah, I don't know why I had an extra dues there. Because you, you even like looked at us too after you I said that. I think you guys done? <laughs> Wait, one more. Do one I more. Think, I think Shay's just super excited for the news. Zack Snyder's uh, news? Justice League. I think so. I'm pumped. I think so. I can't wait. Let's head into our first order of business. San Diego Comic-Con goes virtual in July 2021. Plans November in-person event. And this is coming from Adam B. Vary of Variety. San Diego Comic-Con, the largest fan convention in North America, will not be held in person in 2021 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Organizers announced on Monday. Instead, the event will be held virtually over three days from July 23rd to the 25th. In addition, Comic-Con International, the organization between behind SDCC, is planning an in-person convention in San Diego to be held November 2021. Both attendees and exhibitors planning to attend SDCC in July will have the option of rolling over to the November 2021 convention for the July 20 or sorry, or the July 2020 Two conventions. Sorry, there's so many 2021s, 2022s. 2020s? 2020s. In their announcement, organizers said details on these plans will be forthcoming. It's the second year in a row that the in-person event, which historically has welcomed as many as 130,000 participants each year since the late 2000s, has had to be moved online due to health and safety precautions connected to the pandemic. So I'm reading this and I'm just thinking, why don't you just release? Why don't you just do it in November if you want the in person, um, the in person event? Yeah, yeah. It's just you're making it more complicated than it should be. Comic Con at home last year was a complete dud, dud. Like nobody yeah. watched it last year, last summer. So it's just like, yeah, why wouldn't you just? 
put it in November, unless there's like some type of legal like commitments they have with with companies to do stuff. But even then, it's like it's a pandemic. You're just delaying it. Yeah, it just it's just a strange decision so to me too. Essentially, they're doing tw- two. They're doing yeah. one live stream and then another one, which they're probably going to live stream, but in person. Right. So I'm just like, what's the point of doing it this way? Why not just yeah, like Anthony said, let's just have it in November. I mean, DC Fandom did an amazing job this year or last year in September with, you know, giving us content for DC and showing us right. what's coming next across all of the films, television shows, games and comics. Right. Like that was awesome last year. Right. But yeah, I'm just like, I'm just surprised Comic-Con they're like, yeah, we didn't do a good job last year. Let's do something again online this year. It's very strange. It's it, for me, you know, with everything that happened last year, it seems like a lot of studios and and distributors want to do their own private events not private events but their own events um rather than going to this huge comic-con event it's cheaper for them right it's cheaper for them they actually have more control of what they can show um i i suspect this is kind of like the end of comic-con and as a whole just because it's it's just it just makes more sense. It's like E3. It doesn't make sense anymore when you have Sony making their own events, X, Microsoft doing their own, Nintendo does their own events every like couple of months. Why? Well, like, what's the purpose of E3? Or Comic-Con. Or Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah, you you know? E3. yeah. yeah it was just that, that the comparison. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think you're so right. I think Comic-Con will always have a place as a meeting ground for fans and for those panels and things like that. Um, and like, I'll be honest, like, the whole point and the fun of seeing those panels is is being there. You know, like, yes, people will watch the panels, they'll watch panel highlights online and stuff, but, like, seeing them, if you're not there, it's like, they're not as fun to watch because it's just like you're watching interviews. Like, you could do that mm-hmm. whatever, like, anytime you want online, right? What's the U.S.'s goal right now for vaccination? Isn't it like everyone being vaccinated by tomorrow or something like that? Yeah, it's something by crazy? last week. No, it's something, uh, I think by May, they said that everyone will be able to have gotten their vaccinations done. That is ambitious. It's very ambitious, but they're also in a really good spot with getting their vaccines right now. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. But they're still they're they're still at a high infection rate. Oh, for sure, very they're high. Not out of the out oh. of the darkness yet. And by I guess it means. also depends if people actually want to take the vaccine because yeah. it's because not mandatory. You want to create the herd immunity uh, to like offset those people who don't take the vaccine, right? But if there's a lot of people and then we're seeing it currently right now that, you know, a lot of states and a lot of people in those states are burning their masks because they don't want to wear them anymore. It's right. just the, you know, governors have said you don't have to wear a mask anymore. And it's, it's a complete, it's like, you know, ah. you, you would it's have hoped that we would have been somewhere better by now. Yeah. You, you would think that since like, I don't know, maybe for you guys might be different, but wearing a mask for the past year and a bit now, or just a year, I guess, um, I haven't gotten sick as often as I would have, or I, mm-hmm. you know, less colds, less sniffles, less a lot of the things that I would have happened to me normally. Yeah. It's been greatly reduced because I'm cleaning my hands a lot more. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing a mask. I'm being careful of what I touch, sanitizer. So I don't like it works. It's, it's, it's like, again, knock on wood, but like, yeah, I haven't had a cold or like a flu proper in like, like a really bad one. It almost like a tiny year one for like a, a day. Yeah. That's it. But we we work. we also haven't interacted with people, right? But I mean, I've been I've been going to work. I've been going to the grocery store. And again, it's, again, it's not as 
massive as it was before, but I also think the precautions we're taking are helping us from catching all these things, especially when there's a virus going around. Right. You just like the common cold and germs in general, right? Like those I mean, things aren't being I know this is a little off easy. topic. We're going like now we're talking about you know the <laughs> pandemic. But would you and this is just a quick question, do you see yourself wearing masks in the future after this mm-hmm. is all done? Because yeah. I was I was talking to my parents and they were like, Yeah, I would still continue wearing masks when I go to a doctor's office, when I do this or do that, just because it works for us. I think max masks, sorry, are a lot more socially acceptable. Not that they weren't before, but anytime, like, let's say two years ago, you'd see somebody in a mall or somewhere wearing a mask. I mean, we're seeing somebody wear a mask in, in any setting outside of like a hospital. Right. Is like, you're just, well, oh, like, what do you have? What are they? What do you have? <laughs> right. So I think, yeah, like, if you're going to, um, like, I don't think I'm going to stop wearing a mask anytime soon, even when we are vaccinated, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, going to maybe different sources of, yeah, I think you may be a lot more lax about it. Yes. Maybe. I'll definitely be a bit more relaxed about it. But I think if I have a cold or if I'm feeling sick, I'm 100% wearing a mask yeah. like, anywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm going to like a major place, like a grocery store or a convenience store, or anything like that, then I'll wear a mask. In a movie theater or something like that, where I'm a little bit more, I guess, you know, surrounded in a different way, probably won't wear a mask, but I think 90% of the time I'll still be wearing a mask. Yeah, I feel like we'll always have masks with us. We'll always have masks with right? us. And, but I mean, it, it all ties to this, because I mean, like, Comic-Con, 130,000 people in a building, Comic-Con is just like a germ central. And I think it, it's so true, like, when, when after E3, you'd always, like, um, or any convention, like, people would, a lot of people would always get sick or get some type of flu we'd or always leave fan expo feeling a little bit like Ugh, yeah like know? oh man like do i have something like yeah you know like out of a million people touching things <laughs> like there's a there's a lot of just contact for germs and for yeah. diseases that way right yeah. so yeah definitely like the idea of six feet now makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. than it did in the past yeah um, let's move on to second order of business. This is some sad news. Al- Alamo Draft House files for Chapter 11, announces sales to Altamount Capital Fortress Investment. This is coming from Brett Lang of Variety. So, Alamo Draft House Cinema, the Texas based theater chain that has become a favorite with cinephiles for its dine in service and fan forward approach to exhibition, has filed for Chapter 11. The bankruptcy filing comes as part of an asset purchase agreement with Altamount Capital Partners, a previous investor in the company, as well as affiliates of Fortress Investment Group, a new backer. The company says that operations will continue as normal and the Chapter 11 process and sale will give it the capital it needs to continue operating as it emerges from a public health crisis that left many of its locations closed for months. The agreement involves the sale of substantially all its assets as part of as part of the bankruptcy. Alamo Drafthouse will close down a few underperforming locations and restructure its lease obligations. Founder Tim League will remain involved with the company and is among the lender groups buying the asset. I'm gonna throw it off throw it to Daniel, throw it off to Daniel. I'm gonna throw it to Daniel. How do you feel about um Alamo Drafthouse uh chapter eleven? Listen, I mean, as long as they're sticking around, I, I I just hope that, you know, they can really keep their identity. You know, I've never personally been to an Alamo Draft House, but I'm mm-hmm. such a fan of what they do. Um, and just seeing that, like, even just, they they feel like a movie theater for movie lovers, right? And I think that's something that we've always kind of spoken about on the show where, 
um, their theaters just do such a great job of just celebrating movies mm-hmm. where other traditional megaplexes have more just, yes, here's movie posters, but also here's a million ads for things. And here's just, here's just a theater that you go into to watch a movie because yes, that's how you survive in a business is having the big theaters where you could play a range of everything for people. Right. right. Um, I hope they could keep their identity through this. I mean, whenever you're bringing other investors on board, you, you know, that's, there's a possibility of, you know, the voice changing now, right. Cause they're also going to have to appease to a larger, um, board of directors and with more money involved and things like that. Different there's a lot, ideas, you know, there's how they approach it. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of things. I mean, just this week, Alamo was tweeting out saying, Hey, like we're doing the celebration for the Lord of the Rings because fellowships turning 20 this year. And we're doing the, we're showing fellowship of the ring. And then we're having a chat with the, like these cast members. And then we're doing two towers and these cast. So like they do such an amazing job of celebrating movies. Um, I just hope that that could continue and things like that. I know they're going to be shutting down some locations, but um, hopefully all those people are able either able to join other spots of Alamo or, or find jobs quickly. Cause obviously it's always sad when this, when things like that happen, but uh, yeah. Shay, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I love the Alamo. I um, remember the Alamo. Remember the Alamo. I it's, it was so sad to see this. This, this news came out the day after um, I think the Texas governor announced that, you know, all businesses will open up at a hundred percent, no masks and everything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they kind of t- tweeted out saying, we're, you know, you can do that if you want to, but at the Alamo, we're still going to be very strict about yeah. how we're taking health. And that's really why I love them. They were, they were that, that movie theater by the fans. Like right. every time I've gone there, it's, it's been such a great experience because the food has been excellent. Um, and there's this vibe in there that you know that they just love movies. Uh, I went to go see Joker there and all the trailers that played before the movie were just either De Niro movies or Scorsese films. Yeah. And um, they even had like that Joker little mini documentary too. They did. Like yes. That they it was do, playing right? right in front of it. Right. So it, it felt, it felt really cool. And man, I like, I remember it's so funny last year around this, maybe just a few weeks before this time, all three of us were talking about, Hey, this year, let's drive down to the States, go watch a movie at the Alamo. And I think we were thinking about maybe Wonder Woman. 1984 at that time. I think, yeah, it was either that, but we also were talking about Bond. Bond like, yeah, well, let's yeah. go to a Dolby Theater or let's go yeah. to Alamo and see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we the, the discussion was there, and I mean, we would have made the drive for sure, and it, it's just sad to see now it's that. It's a long drive. Oh, I'm sorry. It's you in Texas. Have had, no, well, no, they have Alamos. They have New York as well. Oh, I thought it was like mostly a Texas. No, they have it, they have it in like New York. They have it in Orlando, I think, that's opening as well. So they have it in the United States around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad though that um, Tim League, yeah, uh, is still sti- staying on. Is still staying on. Yeah. Obviously, he's the founder of Alamo and uh, Mondo as well. Two Mondo posters. So like, I'm glad he's there because he's, I think, the voice and the, I guess, like the identity, the, the identity behind it. I'm, I'm hoping that continues. But mm. yeah, I mean, this is just one of those things that it's a natural. Like this is again, this is the other side of the pandemic, right? Like we spoke about uh, Comic Con not happening this year, and now we're talking about. You know, theaters closing. I mean, I don't think this is the last time we're going to be talking about theaters closing this year. Um, they're starting to open up, and we are starting to see box office reports again, as we did before. But you know, what's what is that going to look like now that we're heading into March? We're heading closer to the summer movie season. Um, Black Widow. You know, Black Widow. I think is the first um, big movie kind of approaching right now that we're like, is it going to make its opening weekend uh in the first week of may like is that going to happen still well we know something's happening in may that's a great segue to 
A Quiet Place 2 releases date moves up to May. I'm going to say that one more time. A Quiet Place 2 release date moves up to May. And this is coming from Rebecca Rubin of Variety. Fans of A Quiet Place will get to see the sequel in theaters earlier than expected. Paramount Pictures has pushed up the release date of A Quiet Place 2 by several months, moving the film from September 17th ahead to May 28th. It took the spot previously occupied by Mark Wahlberg's action thriller, Infinite, which has relocated to September 24th. Paramount filed the Memorial Day week filed for the Memorial Day weekend slot after Universal earlier on Thursday postponed F9 from late May to June 25th. I'm going to throw it to Shay. How do you feel about Quiet Place moving up? Well, first, as a Canadian, I had to Google what Memorial Day yeah, was. Yeah, John Krasinski, relax with that. Yeah, Memorial I was, Day. I saw that, I'm like, oh, is that September? Because isn't that when it already is coming out? Like, that's how I kind of reacted. <laughs> um, and then I had to do a Google search. I'm like, oh, okay, it's May. Oh, sounds cool. Memorial. I'll remember that one. Listen, it's it's Queen Victoria. It's Victoria Day for is us. Is it actually for us? No, I think Victoria Day is a bit earlier. It's yeah. May 25th, no? Or 2-4, yeah. 2-4, yeah. May 2-4, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. She's blew, still alive, man. I, I blew a kiss to the. Wait, is Queen Victoria still alive? No, Queen Victoria's dead. Yeah, yeah. How dare you? Listen, Sully her name. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, right now, I have no idea how to react, and that's because everything right now just seems so. You're just throwing out these dates to me, and I don't believe it until I see it. Mm-hmm. So you can tell me Quiet Place Two is coming in May. What does that mean for us, though? We just are the region we're in right now just left lockdown. But our cases are going back up now. Mm-hmm. But does that mean in a few weeks, or probably not, but in a few months, we're going to shut back down again? And if so, does that mean theaters won't be open? So it kind of sucks for us, anything outside the United States, because it feels like we're always getting the shorter end of the stick. Either we're going to have to rent this movie through iTunes or watch it in a theater if it ever comes. Paramount Plus, Paramount 45 Plus, days later. You know, so there's just a lot of questions in the air. Um, I'm happy to see it moving up from September to May. I, I wonder what they know that we don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think, honestly, I think they're just looking at like, hey, you know, our president, like the US president is saying, hey, like we're going to have everybody have vaccines available by May to watch this. And I think, again, studios are looking at this like, Let's just try getting things back to normal how they were, right? Mm-hmm. If it's successful and it works for them, awesome. I mean, the, Raya and The Last Dragon and uh, Tom and Jerry uh, have been doing okay at the box office with, like, limited uh, theaters open, right? So, I mean, who knows what it's going to look like when all theaters open? I don't know. I'm happy it's moving up because I want to see this movie, but I'm also yeah. just like, I don't know what that means for us because here in Canada, or at least in Ontario, it's like, yeah, if you're 60-plus you'll be hopefully getting your vaccine by August or September. Yeah. Or in the right. States, it's like everybody by May. So, but they're having, they're having their own troubles just doing that. Right. Ran, people are just randomly getting like they, sh- without with the release of the vaccine there, um, the people who need it are not getting it. And people right. who don't need it or are less uh, high risk are getting, are it. getting it. And it's just, it's not, no one's waiting. People are waiting in line. It's, right. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely pandemonium there. Right. So it it's just getting this vaccine. It's just like yes, it's nice to see it, but I just hope that again, let's let's have a game plan in fact intact. I mean, like I always think back like to Tenet releasing last year, where it's like it's so weird to end SpongeBob Sponge on the Run, <laughs> where it's like we got it in Canada, but the U.S. didn't get it. So I mean, if they're willing to put Tenet in Canada, the U.S. is one hundred percent going to put uh, Quiet Place in. Right. 
in the states and not care about us. No, right. You know what I mean? So, but there is a problem with it because if they want to make money other than their their market, like Europe, which is like on fire right now, um, the only other market I could see is like the Asian market, which I don't know if they'll watch a Quiet Place too because right. they they've been very. A lot of the you know movies that have been coming out, they've not been watching at no. their theaters, and their theaters are open. Yeah, for I, I would say a good six months, seven months. Wow. Um, I don't think with Quiet Place coming strictly to theaters, they're going to make a lot of money. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. Uh, a Quiet Place. So domestically, a Quiet Place, the first film, made 188 million dollars in North America. It made 152 million internationally Mm -hmm. so i mean that's one of those not so rare or i guess a rare case where it's like it's not so often that it happens where the domestic take makes more more than the international take right so it's just very interesting to see that uh, because it does feel like a very like a quiet place is a very like american film american film yeah it feels like a very american film so it'll be interesting to see what happens one fact that you mentioned to me daniel today was the fact that tom and jerry has made more money the Ryan the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I mean, crazy. And it's and it, it's what's what's funny about that too is that like yes, it had the it had the advantage of time where it did come out a week or two earlier before Raya. Mm-hmm. So like, if a family's going to take their kids to the theater. That's the only kids' movie playing. They're going to take them to see that. Mm-hmm. Where Raya is in a spot where it's your kids have already if you're already taking your kids to the theater. If you're not going to see them again, they're not going to bring your kids back to the theater to watch yeah. it. Um, but it's what's also interesting about Tom and Jerry is that it's also at no additional cost on HBO Max, right. where Raya is something on Premier Access, where you have to pay for, mm-hmm. which I've seen a lot of people watching it. It's, it's a great movie. You should listen to our review, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really curious now if Disney's looking at the box office and they're like, OK, we're we did OK this weekend, but look how well we did on Premier Access. And I think Raya is going to be the test for them to be like, is Black Widow going to Premier Access? And I really I th- want to know those numbers. And they're going to, and I think that's what's going to make them decide it. I want to know those numbers for Ryan and the Last Dragon. Do you guys foresee Black Widow being released on Premiere Access? Yeah, I do. You do? But I also would not be surprised at all if it doesn't. I, I think the, the person inside of me right now, the fan right now, really, really wants it on Premiere Access because I want to see it. Um, but I also, they know that it's a billion dollar franchise. They know that they're going to make that kind of money if they open right. the theaters. But I also think. Disney has to be smart and realize you're not going to be able to make a billion dollars right now mm-hmm. in this climate because that'll probably be not until next year, maybe in the year after that. We don't, yeah, because we got to think about the economical impact that, and we, I was talking to you about this, Daniel, a lot of families might not have jobs and maybe yeah. they do take their kids to watch one film because that's, that's all they it. can afford for it. Like yeah. you, people think that it's just affecting, you know, people, the health. This pandemic is affecting Everything. jobs. When you have a business and you haven't been opened for the past six months, yeah. how, how do you sustain? Yeah. Now you don't have that business anymore. You're in debt with the bank. Um, and you got to pay for your family stuff. Like, right. that's, it's, there, a, it's a trickle effect of everything. There's more right? to this pandemic than we're going to experience after, the aftershock than what of we're everything. experiencing now. Because the aftershock to this is not going to be great. And this is going to affect our business, which mm-hmm. is the film industry. And as a family, I would rather pay $89 once and have access to content that might be available a month after or two months after than paying 
$34.99 or $35.99 in Canada, $29 in the States to watch it one time or have it owned. Right. And paying. Like it, it's know? like paying that literally premium access is paying that extra money to watch it first. But if right now you're at home and you still have all this content on Disney Plus, you, you could go, you can get past it without spending that money. And yeah. that's how a lot of people right now are going to be looking at their wallets. They're going to be like, I think I can wait. And I think when you mentioned Tom and Jerry, that's a great example of people are, are going to be very selective now when they're going mm-hmm. to the theaters. Right. They're like, we're going to go see one movie this month and that's it. So pick and choose. Even, yeah. even for me, I'm more selective of what I do with my money because I don't know what could happen in the future mm-hmm. because this is so unprecedented. And like, I could have lost my job. And you know, that money that I have had to sustain me. So if this ever happens again or something, another event happens in our world, I need to be more proactive and save. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to think about, especially if they have families, is saving because consumable income and is going to be a luxury luxury now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now we're recording this on March 7th. We're exactly two months away from the release of Black Widow. So if something was to happen... If something was to change, I think we'd see a change in the next three to four weeks. Correct. Yeah. Where Disney would be like, yes, guess what? Black Widow is coming out in four weeks. Because again, this is usually when it's like nearing like the 50 day mark but before a movie, they start that whole marketing campaign of like, oh, in 50 days and this and this amount of weeks and this, it's mm-hmm. coming. Um, if that was to happen, then we're going to hear about it sooner than later at right. this point. Yeah. So. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we may get to a, we may get to a point again, like where we may be able to buy tickets for this movie, but it, is it actually going to happen? And we also don't know what's going to happen too with, um, with the relationships uh, that Disney's have right now. Disney has with theaters right now, right? Because theaters weren't happy about Ryan the Last Dragon playing on Premier Access, so if they're not happy about that. Will that extend into Black Widow? Shouldn't they be more mad at Tom and Jerry though for being free on HBO Max, like or yeah. like, quote unquote free? Right. I guess maybe because Tom and Jerry wasn't going to bring in a huge audience, that, and then then a Disney film would. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very again. It's again we're in that spot like we were last year. The next uh, the next month or in, in month or two is going to be very crucial to see what the summer is going to look like at the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our fourth business business sorry news story. <laughs> I was thinking business. Golden Globes twenty twenty one recap. Uh, let's talk about the Golden Globes. I, I, you know, I did not watch the Golden Globes, guys. Dude, I, I watched about eight or nine minutes of it, and I, I was almost like upset watching it. Really, it's, it's amazing how like I watch, I watch the entire event. I'm surprised of how poorly organized it was. Again, not to take away from the people that probably worked hard on it, because yes, tech technical issues happen, but. You know, compared to the Emmys last year that I feel went off without a hitch, mm-hmm. where you have the Golden Globes where it's just like Dana Kaluuya wins the first award of the night and like he's muted and then they cut away from him and he's like, no, 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 don't do me. Like, no, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Like, it was just such like a mess of an event and it wasn't really super entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Felt awkward. You know, it was just one of those, it was just one of those things. I'm like, man, I could have just, I would have been so much more happy just getting this <laughs> the list the list the day after I'm like okay that's what happened so i'm really curious to see what the oscars going to look like i hope a lot more production goes yeah. into them because the emmys were actually well, really i well enjoyed done. the emmys yeah yeah and i don't i've never cared for the emmys until i watched that i'm like oh 
if this is how they're going to do the reward shows, I'm okay with this for now because yeah. it felt like there was still some fanfare when I was watching the Golden Globes. It felt like the audience was blacked out completely, right? The ones that were there, and it just there was this awkwardness. Like they were trying to make jokes on stage, and it Tina just... and Amy were also in two different venues. Yeah, so their 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 timing of things. So literally, like. They'll be like introducing somebody, and they're like, "Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Lou Ferrigno." And it's like it's like somebody <laughs> just comes in sooner. Lou Ferrigno was there. Lou Ferrigno was there. No, wait, wait, what was he winning? <laughs> no, 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 it's just like uh, it's just like uh, it's just like they'll just like the the timing would be off. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like 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 I'll I'll give you an example. Like introduce me, Shay. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Dan- Nolan. Oh, okay. <laughs> like they'd be like, there what? Like. Like yeah. it, it just it just wouldn't line uh, up. It was like because there were probably there was some delay. One was in New York, one was in LA. So, so they did like a side by side, which looked cool, but it was also just like guys, like you didn't need to do this. Like yeah. you 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 went for this weird concept where it's like just put you guys together. Like there's no yeah. need for there's this. There's gonna be a latency you know? on a live yeah. television show. Yeah, it was just it was just very uh very bizarre. I chose to watch um, Stanley Tucci in, in Italy. Great choice. And I'm like, man. I'm so hungry right now, and I would. He's cut, in Bologna, right? He was in Bologna, and yeah. he um, and during the commercial break, I, I would jump to the Globes, and it just felt like crickets. Yes, you know, crickets were happening, and there were people there, and I'm like, who who is actually attending this? Because they're all wearing masks. So uh, first responders. And, so uh, they were all first. Oh, is that what frontline workers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was the first time I in a long time that I didn't put it on. Like yeah. I just I didn't care to watch awards, and maybe because. This year, I didn't really enjoy the movies that I that I watched like I did last year, and right. I was rooting for. Like this year, I was looking at think the actors and best picture and all the you know people who have been nominated. I'm like, man, I don't really care to watch it. And 2019 I, was a bomb year yeah, for movies. Like, a, oh my god, parasite year, you know, you know like, so many. That felt like, oh man, now we're gonna change the landscape of everything. And then COVID-19. Yeah, yeah, and then it felt like a lot of the movies that were nominated this year feel like, although there was a lot of good ones, it feels like, uh, you know, like a Golden Globes from like 10 or 15 years ago. We're just like, yeah, it's just simple, like dramas. Yeah. You yeah. know? Let, let's knock out um, some of the big ones here. So let's talk about Best Picture Drama. Yeah. The nominees that we had were The Father, Mank, Promising Young Woman, Trial Chicago 7, and obviously Nomadland. These are all films that we've pretty much all seen. Yeah. Except you haven't seen The Father yet, but that's okay. In the name of the father. In the name of the father. You've, you've, <laughs> yes, that has, you've seen that. Um, Any and, surprises with Nomad winning? Nomad no, of winning. course not. No, no but of course not. I, but I don't. I'm, and this is gonna be controversial, and maybe people will hate me for it. No, I how should have won? I don't. I don't. No, it shouldn't have. What should have won best drama? I think the father. The father. Oh, yeah. The, the father fa- was just. I've in a what movie? The movie's like what an hour twenty seven minutes long. Yeah. I was gripped. I, I I can't. Is this really a drama or is it? Was it like a mental? Thriller? It's a sci- psychological drama. It was just yeah, a psychological drama. <laughs> it was it. so yeah. damn good. Yeah. We're gonna and have a review for it. We'll soon. have a review we'll, up for it soon. We're waiting for it to get its Canadian release date, then we'll we'll drop a review yeah. for it. But even like Promising Young Woman, yes, and yeah, the even, Trial of Chicago Seven. Yes. Trial of Chicago Seven could have been that like more popular right vote where yes. it been like yeah, like, like this is the more commercial because it's the drama. Netflix film, you know, Aaron Sorkin um, again. No Man Land. Not that it's a bad movie, no, but it's no, just also just like it's made for a certain type of critic, and I feel like critics love it because it's a movie for the film connoisseur, yeah, of sorts. But I just I couldn't. I'm. I guess I'm not considered a film connoisseur, right? But I just couldn't get into it, and I just don't think it was that amazing. 
like that memorable that yeah, i can't remember exactly, it yeah i, yeah. I, I, I remember I, promising young woman <laughs> yes i yeah. remember that end yes that's i remember i remember mank more than i remember nomadland yeah yeah for sure yeah um surprise though for best musical slash comedy um we had the nominees of hamilton music palm springs prom and borat's subsequent movie film um Prom and music were the big controversial films this right. year because one with music, there was a whole there's that whole controversy. The whole what's, look, the, what's the controversy? I, I, they I have, cast um oh my god, I forgot the actress's name. Yeah, they cast an actress who who does not have autism. Yes, to play the role because she's of, the girl that's oh. always in Sia's music videos, the dancer. Oh, the little girl that yeah. Now yeah. she's I'm guessing more she's much older. Older, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um and uh, Apparently, there is. I don't know if this was confirmed or not. That they originally had somebody who had autism in the role. Oh, they? Okay. Um, and then they were too hard to work with, or something like that, and they cast somebody else. Cast her instead. Yeah. So there's there's a whole again. I don't want to spread misinformation, but just look up look up the controversy with this. You'll you'll find it. Um, and then prom, which was just a bad film. Oh my god. Um, which was there. Um, and then I think Hamilton two being nominated is a bit of a surprising one because, like me personally, I don't think it should have been nominated. Like no. again, Hamilton is amazing. Hamilton's great, but like for it for a a filmed uh, production from how many years ago? Like I don't think it deserves to get just because it's on a like video now doesn't mean to me that it's all of a sudden you like know? A movie. just just for like if we use our podcast like, podcast as an example, like because we're doing a podcast doesn't mean you know we should win best podcast. What? No, I, no. <laughs> I think we recorded our podcast oh, yeah. as a video and then, like, said, oh, best uh, news show out there. I mean, like, yeah, sure, but, like, we're just really putting a camera right, up and right. our That's conversations what I are great, it's, it's but a the different, audio is really what we're It's a different, for. like, art form, and it's, yeah. just, it's just interesting. It's like, yes, Hamilton has swept at so many different award shows, Grammys, Tonys, what have you, but it's, mm. like, it's just, it's just strange to me to see it competing in, you know, the best musical slash comedy because I'm, like, it really isn't it isn't yeah. that it's a stage production that was filmed yeah. and put on streaming yeah. so it's just interesting that it qualified um i really wanted palm springs or borat to win so i was really happy to see borat I was, yeah it. see the thing is like here i was like okay look actual comedies if it's either palm springs or borat i'm not gonna be upset and yeah borat won so good for them uh should we just should we run through like the, the actors quickly yeah. yeah yeah um chadwick boseman i think was the one of the best uh moments of the night mm -hmm. seeing his wife uh accept his award for it's, him it's beautiful, very yeah. emotional uh, he won for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Best Actor uh, in a Drama. We have Andrea Day who won for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. Uh, would have been nice to see Riz Ahmed uh, mm -hmm. there too, but I think I feel like his performance is great. His yeah. performance is phenomenal. Uh, Roseman Pike, big surprise I think for mm -hmm. on the night for winning Best Musical Comedy for I Care a Lot. Yeah, for I Care a Lot. But I, I mean that also Kate Hudson was nominated for for music. music. Yeah. I how, do you, how do you feel about that? Because I know you really didn't like I don't, her I, character. I, I hate her. Her performance is great, but I hated her in it. Like, I, I, I'm not, I wasn't upset that she won. Like, I was just more just, like, surprised. I think Maria Bakalova was a phenomenal performance in Borat, mm -hmm. where Rosamund Pike was just like, yeah, I mean, like, she was a, a, a shittier version of Amy Dunn in Gone Girl. So, like, mm -hmm. it, her, like, her performance was good, but it also didn't, like, wow me. It was just Roseman Pike being Roseman Pike. Mm -hmm. um, Sasha Baron Cohen winning. Right. Phenomenal for best actor. James Corden was somehow nominated too. I don't know like, how I don't know how he gets nominated for things. 
I don't get it. I don't <laughs> I'm get so sorry. James Corden fascination. Don't like him. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, James Corden. Yeah, if you're listening to us and James Corden, you hate us for any reason. Yeah. Have us on your show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let us talk to you. Uh, were you guys surprised by Best Supporting Actress for Motion Picture Drama? Well, since I haven't seen the Mauritanian, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was, like, Jodie Foster was really good. Um, I haven't seen... Olivia Coleman in The Father, so I can't. The Father. I, can't I think Olivia Coleman was good, but I don't know if she was like. Uh, she also didn't have, I, I think, enough of a. No. Like Glenn Close and Hillbilly LG, which I think people thought were, was going to win. I really right? also, I, I actually really liked Helena Zengel in um, News of the World. Yeah, she was Granted, great. That film might have not blown my mind. I think her performance, like, she was so good in that movie that I, I wasn't sure if this is how she actually is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if she's just an actress. Uh, and then obviously, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, winning Best Supporting Actor Motion Picture for Judas for <laughs> Judas Simon J, for Judas and the Black Messiah which was uh, great to see yeah and then we got Best Director for a Motion Picture which went to Chloe Zhao for yeah. No Man Land mm-hmm. so that that closed out that that drama who did you guys want from that list uh, I I was I was happy seeing Chloe or Regina I wanted uh, Regina King uh, Chloe Zhao or Regina King I would have been happy with either way you know because like even get, again like not that No Man Land was my favorite movie. I think Chloe Zhao is a great director. Yeah, no, I, I love director. seeing her get praise. I would have, I would have wanted Emerald, Emerald Fennel. Oh, Emerald Fennel as well too. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. phenomenal! And because it's a, like you can you know when a movie's made for Oscars. Yeah, right? of course. Like Promising Young Woman was not made to win any awards, but no. it's so good that yeah. it deserves it. I yeah. think it's going to get shut out at the Oscars. I think so too. Like I think it will be nominated, but I don't think it's going to win anything. Yeah. Even though it should. Yes. Yeah. I I really wanted it was between Regina King and Emerald Fennel for me and. Um, Seeing Chloe Zhao win, I mean, that's awesome. I'm great. But, like, yeah, I wanted Regina, Regina King for her first film to knock it out of the park like that with making such a huge... It was such a great film. I, I think about One Night Mammy a lot. Me too. And, you know, Promising a Woman was so fantastic. So, bummer. It's, it's, it's so funny seeing, like, Aaron Sorkin in Best Director category now, <laughs> it's right? It's weird, yeah. Especially with David Fincher there, too, in the yeah. same category. It's, I mean, it's nice for them to see yeah. that. Yeah. And he did win Best Screenplay. He did. For his... Um, his screenplay for the right. trial of Chicago Seven, um, which was really, really good, really yeah. well written. Soul winning best animated picture, I don't think surprised mm-hmm. any of us. No, nobody. Uh, Minari winning best foreign picture, not surprising to us either. Even though <laughs> it shouldn't have been there, <laughs> it shouldn't have been there. Um, I haven't seen another round yet, but that is on my list of things to watch. I keep with, hearing great things. Yeah, with, with uh, Matt Mads Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen. Yeah, but yeah. Other than that, like. I don't think we need to run th- too much no. to the television shows, but... What about best song? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, a lot of television shows won stuff at the yeah. Golden Globe, so definitely check out that list. Yeah. And we'll stay tuned for, I think, is it this week, Oscar nominations? Or is it, is I, it this? I think no, so. I think it's next week. Isn't it the 18th around then? It's the 18th? Oscar nominations are out. Drum roll, please. I try and find it. I don't know what. what <laughs> uh, drum roll Wednesday, I'm March 10th. Nomination vote. Uh, okay, sorry. It concludes this week. So voting concludes this week for, for films. And they will be announced on uh, Monday, March 15th. Yeah, so, so next that week. week. Yeah. Another thing is going to be also be dropping that day, but. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. They're not going to say what. (laughs) Let's move on to some trailers. 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 You like that one? It was was different. That was my uh, Leslie Odom Jr. for you. I liked it. So we had three three new trailers this week. Um, We had Without a Remorse. Without Remorse. 
Um, this is an Amazon Prime. Uh, Tom Clancy written. Michael B. Jordan. My, Michael B. Jordan shooting. Shooting them up. Shooting, 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 shooting. Killing. I was asking, like, do you guys think this is in the same universe as Jack uh, Reacher? Not Jack Reacher. Uh, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. One of these Jack characters. Jackies. Do you, you think we're going to see John Krasinski show up and be like, hey, <laughs> I'm Jack Ryan? You know what? Here's the thing. Um, I, I, okay, here's the thing with the Ryan, Jack Ryan series. Mm. It's not as good as it, as it should have been. It, no, it's it, very, it should have been a lot better. It's a little boring. Yeah, and John Krasinski isn't in the show enough. But Jack Ryan's a boring character. And that's the thing. He's they, an analyst. That's all he, he's no, they don't. They, he's didn't, they like, didn't make him cool in the show. And but you season can't, two was blah. He's a CIA analyst. You watch that's all he two? does. He I analyzes about, info. I watched about four episodes of season two, and mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Because yeah. he's barely in it again. Uh, without remorse looks cool, though. I mean, it's Michael B. Jordan. He looks, uh, he looks great in it. Uh, I just, I was a little... The trailer itself, I think, threw us off because threw me off because, like, watching it, it's like he sets a car on fire, and like it would have been cool to see him like just kind of go in the car and close it, but then he starts having a conversation with the guy, then it ends. Yeah. So I think just the pacing of the trailer it was, a was, a little, was a little strange. He also went yeah. into the fire. And I'm like, wouldn't yeah. that burn you? No, no, he can't. No, have um, you, he has. He's without remorse, without burn. <laughs> he has the powers of the Black Panther mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Period. I guess yeah, that's true. <laughs> Periodically throughout the week, we were get, we've been getting uh, character trailers for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've we've had Batman, Superman, Aquaman, the, uh, Aquaman and Flash. We and just got Flash. today. Um, how do you guys feel about these trailers? These character trailers. Do you think they're revealing too much to the audience, or because I know one of them, Daniel, you said I wish they didn't show that scene. Yeah, the Superman one. I, w- I think it was a Superman one. It's either Superman or no, it's Batman. Batman. It's Batman. Then I'm like, man, like they're just showing too many money shots that from this. I'm like, don't show anymore. Like, just mm-hmm. I get you have to market it, but like people know what this is already. Like, we don't have to market it like a traditional movie. And right. again, I know we've technically seen Justice League in 2017, but like you don't have to like don't remind people right now. Like, just 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 keep just keep the marketing up, but don't yeah. be showing like these all these brand new scenes all the right, time, right? right? Um, and then trailer of the week coming up, right? <laughs> oh my god! No, oh. Thunder Force. Thunder Force. This is a, ne- a Netflix. <laughs> a Netflix original film starring wow. uh, Octavia Spencer and Melissa, Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy, and they play superheroes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You're stunned. Uh, I know you're stunned for words. So, yeah, I think they stumble upon or maybe by accident become superheroes and they start to I knew it. Oh, I'm so This is directed sad. by Thing, right? Ben Falcone. I was like ben Falcone, I, wonder, yeah. I, I was like I bet Ben Falcone directed this. Oh, for sure. And I tap on the name of the movie and it's this motherfucker. Who's right Ben Falcone, Shay? Ben Falcone is the husband of Melissa McCarthy and you'll recognize him in anything she ever does because he's always in the goddamn films and in this one I think he's the guy being tasered yes so you'll recognize this motherfucker I think in, in, in Bridesmaids he was uh, the air marshal or something yes. like that yes he's this- also directed he's directed her in Tammy. Tammy The Boss Life of the Party Super Intelligence Thunder Force um, and yeah, and he's appeared in a lot of her films as well too. These Melissa McCarthy movies really remind me of like Jim Carrey movies. I was no. gonna say Adam Sandler movies. I was gonna say yeah, Adam Sandler or Tyler Perry. Yeah, like this yeah. is just like it's like niche. You know, you're just you're you're really getting off on yourself here. She's she just I just feel like she always does the same role, and it's interesting because like you know she was nominated for an Oscar last year. 
or two uh, years ago two for years Can You Ever one? Forgive Me? That's it. You know, and it's like she's a she's a great actress. Like I think Melissa McCarthy has the ability to be to do great films, mm-hmm. but she does so many of these just like throwaway like bad comedy films. Yeah. Um, and this trailer is just awful, awful. But the thing what's interesting, what's so interesting about Netflix, is that you know they could have a best picture contender like Travels to Chicago Seven, but they could also have Thunder Force. Thank you. You know, and it's like, and people, more people will probably watch Thunder Force than Trial of Chicago 7. Well, like, that's like saying, you know, Paramount can have, you know, a movie like this, and but they, they might also have a crappier movie. It's just, I think we look at Netflix not as this huge studio, but as a streaming service. Right. They, we have, I think we have to look at them as a studio now. Yeah. yeah they're a studio. We have to they're really change that mindset. Studio. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, they're just buying films and streaming yeah. them. No, no. They went out there and made this. Yeah. They'll this, make a good film, but they'll also make a bad film. Yeah, it's like just, Trial of Chicago 7 was originally a Paramount film. Mm-hmm. Right? It seems like it was, yeah. You know, and then it was brought to Netflix, where this looks like... Again, like, there's also like the, that look that I feel like a lot of films have right now, especially on Netflix or streaming services, where it's like... It looks like it's just shot super digitally. It's like, again, like not to get so like technical and like, like about it, but it's like... <laughs> it just looks like straight off of like like a raw it's a raw, raw like red like a red camera or like an, an iphone like it's just so hd looking mm-hmm. that you're just like whoa like this doesn't look like cinematic didn't at go all. and color corrected at all yeah it's just like super just like here's just like this high resolution video that we're showing right. you it looks awful i'm so sorry um, but yeah if you're I'm, excited for it cool that's awesome yeah so uh basically the premise of this film melissa mccarthy looks like she's some um you know klutzy version of one of her characters and she goes to visit an old friend, Octavia Spencer, who's now is the head of this company that is making superhero formulas, basically. Um, and then Melissa McCarthy, you know, presses some buttons and she's like, and then she gets superpower, super strength. And Octavia Spencer's like, guess what? I have invisibility and I tase people. And yeah, that's the. And then the song plays. That's Force. <laughs> that's it. I uh, I absolutely hate it. Dislike Ben I re- Falcone. I was trying to find a nicer word to say, and I was like, like hate, despise. And he has a cool like, name too. Like, like I could say know? this movie's not. You know, we could say this movie's not meant for us. Oh yeah. But this is this this movie got money. Yes. You know, it got because it's going to bring in viewers, right? And it's just, it just, you know, it doesn't look good. There, there's somewhere out there, there's Melissa McCarthy fans just being like, fucking yeah. right. I yeah. always wanted to be a Listen, superhero. guys, I'm going to look out for our email soon. I'm going to make sure we get uh, <laughs> the screener We're for this. We're going to get the screener for <laughs> yeah. this. And, um, I don't think I'm going to screen it. No, no. no. Well, 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 okay, here's the thing. One thing that we, I think we're, I'm proud of us for is even if we're going to something that we're like, oh, this is going to be garbage, we've usually walked out being like, oh, you know what? Like, Listen, if this movie's great, we will be the we will we one hundred percent. We'll eat all our words right now. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, we're 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 good at taking the L on, yeah. on things. We'll take the yeah. L. We'll take that L. Out this week, we got assembled the making of WandaVision. This coming. This is on Disney Plus. We also have Cherry on Apple TV Plus, and The Father, which is strictly in the U.S. market. Right. Uh, no Canadian date on that yet, but I'm hoping with the making of WandaVision, this new like assembled series. If it's anything close to the production value and work that they put into, like, the Mandalorian ones, mm. which are just, like, everything I could have wanted in a documentary. I love watching making ofs. I've watched, like, the making of Iron Man and Iron Man 2, which are, like, three-hour documentaries, like, so many times. Like, if you're giving us something that that's that in-depth, I'm all for it. Yeah. And I think it's great that they're finally coming to Disney+, Plus because before, bonus features were very much for 
but people who bought you know either the collector's edition of a movie or the 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 blu-ray or the double disc dvd like now they're these bonus features we're seeing a lot more streaming services have making ofs mm-hmm. that fans are going to watch which i think mm-hmm. is important mm-hmm. i do enjoy those uh because they're 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 almost better than what we used to get on DVD. Oh, they are way better. They really are much better. What now. we used to get, like we used to get like these featurettes. <laughs> yeah. They call them, right? Here's four minutes about this two hour sequence in a movie. From the director's son's best friend's handicam. You know, and it's like, set for. You just you just look at what they did with Lord of the Rings, or you look at what they did with like some of these films that just get these actual documentaries made about them. Mm. Like that's that's amazing. I love when there's so much love put into the making of something. Mm-hmm. What are we watching, guys? Let's start off with Daniel, because he has the biggest list on this. Oh, <laughs> I did, I did don't watch don't talk about Daniel's list like that. Listen, you know, we're all, we all have it's great a family lists. show. Uh, I started this week off with the secret, the secret Life of Walter Mitty. I'm not too sure why, but this movie's been on my mind. Um, I just I, and I love the concept of this movie. Ben Stiller directed it as well. Um, it's beautifully shot. Um, definitely check it out. It's on Disney Plus as well now, too, because it was a Fox film. It's there. Um, watch the Golden Globes, unfortunately. Uh, I've been watching Young Rock, so I'm about three episodes into the Young Rock show. If you smell... Oh, I wasn't sure what you were doing. Dude, I'm like, what chant is he doing if right now? If you smell, well, the rock is cooking. <laughs> is this a theme song no. of the show? Um, what's interesting, about, are you guys familiar with the Young Rock show about the premise of it? I mean, the idea of it. Is, I mean, it's about a... It's, it's about, about a pebble. The pebble. It's yes. about a pebble. Yes. Uh, no, so the whole concept is it's 2032. Rock is running for... Dwayne Johnson, I should say, is running to be the president. And the show's kind of like book-ended with these segments of like Randall Park, who's actually Randall Park. He's like, yes, I used to be an actor. Now I'm a news reporter. Which I thought it was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and it's like the Rock basically like being interviewed because he's running for president, obviously. And he's like, yes, that reminds me of a time back when I was a, a young pebble. Um, and is it, it the actual rock? Yeah. It's Dwayne Johnson. He's mm-hmm. in it. And like, he just shoots these scenes and then it will cut to like a very network TV. To just like, here's a young version of rock with like, like the actors and you see his dad, like Rocky Johnson. It's, it's cool. That it's like bottle stories, of like bottled life. stories of like these events. Like, ah, uh, yes. You know, when I was on the streets of Hawaii, I had to steal too. I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to, it's like, it'll like be a, a recap and we'll go back to, uh, um, it like a very, like a how I met your mother kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's very just like, it just feels like, like a, a network TV show. It just feels like, like you had the, I think you had, if you're going to tell something about the rock, like I would have loved something that's a little bit more meaty, not so much like here's a TV, here's a TV sitcom, like about the rock where it's just like the, the issue will be resolved in 10, 15 minutes. You know what mm. I mean? Like it just, it was a little, it's very shallow that way. I think the, fa- the people that they have to, who play his family and the young versions of him are great, but like there's not, it's just, it's just, there's not enough there. Right. To really, get you excited i think because i miss um dark side of the ring so much like whenever i see like different wrestlers show up mm-hmm. like that's fun to see right and it's like man i want to show about this but when you're framing it around the rock and it's like yeah the rock's like this young kid who's like trying to impress this girl and do this like it just feels like the show is pitched to like to like to rock like saying hey like rock let's do a story about your life and like you already know like we're going to get to those moments of like the meme versions and with it with the fanny pack and this way like you know it's going to get to those right mm-hmm. um but like i don't think there's enough here yet um and i just think the whole framing of him running for president i'm like you don't need this just tell a story from the three different ages that he that you see him in the show like you don't have to 
have this whole like presidential campaign because it's just wasted. It's like it takes like probably uh, in a 22 minute show if that's taking like five to six minutes, you're taking up way too much time of a story that you a better story you could be telling. Right. Um, continuing on, uh, we watched uh the Hulu animated show Modoc, the first two episodes which we cannot talk about yet. No, don't even st- just stop talking. I'm just gonna stop talking right there. <laughs> um, the father which. I, again, I'm not saying anything else other than I absolutely loved it. We're going to have a review up for it soon. Um, Superman and Lois, another uh, new show that just started uh, last week with uh, the Superman and Lois that we've seen, known from the, kind of the CW world. The show's a lot better shot than a lot of CW shows because they're trying to evoke that Man of Steel feeling. A lot of lens flares, a lot of just like like grain to it. It looks a lot more like, you know, wholesome and Basically, Superman and Lois are moving back to the Kent farm, and they're raising their twins there. It's very, um, it's very interesting. I don't know how long I'm going to stick with it because it's just it's a little, me. It's 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 okay, but it's nothing that I'm just like, yeah, I'm super invested in these characters. Um, Copland, which is a James Mangold film from 1997, uh, phenomenal film. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta. Harvey Keitel, like there is so many big Eddie names. Murphy. <laughs> not Eddie Murphy. No, he's not Eddie Murphy. Uh, a lot of big <laughs> names in this movie. If you've never seen it, I definitely recommend checking it out. It's a great cop drama. Have you guys seen it? I know, yeah, seen I it? watched it recently because you told me, hey, pick it up and watch it. Yeah. And I said, okay. So I bought it and I watched it with my brother and we loved it. Good. Yeah, you, really have you seen it, Anthony? Yes, I've seen it. Yeah. Did you like it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> when did you watch <laughs> it? Just making sure. Oh, I want to say like five years ago. Oh, okay. six years ago. Uh, because Coming to America was coming out this week, I put on Coming. To America, the first film. Or I think you have to say, coming to America. You don't emphasize the two in this one. Got it. Coming to America. Coming to America. And then the next one, you'll be like... Coming to America. So I watched both of those this week. (laughs) We have a review up of Coming to America up on the movie podcast feed, uh, where you can hear all of our thoughts on that. Uh, Because Zack Snyder's Justice League is upon us soon, um, I watched Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman. I even watched a little bit of the 2017 Joss Whedon version. Um, and yeah, and that's about it for me this week. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out I feel like soon. the audience already knows. I don't know. But we don't know. We don't know. Oh, we can't confirm yeah, anything. Yeah. What are you talking about? I don't know. Shay, what are you watching? I'm, I'm not watching. even talking anymore. <laughs> uh, I watched The Hangover. Um, I haven't seen this movie since it came out. I remember when I watched it when it first came out, I was like, yeah, this is okay. It's whatever. Uh, but there was like this crazy hype around this film. Like people were like, I've never seen a comedy this good. And um, people that I talked to obviously clearly had some smoking problems. Yeah, I was going to say, my God, these poor 15-year-olds uh, yeah, who saw this movie. I know. Um, so my, I don't think my girlfriend had seen it. So we were just kind of like hanging out one night. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's put it on. I haven't seen it in a while. And I, I enjoyed it a lot more now that I'm far removed from all that yeah. hype. And it, was, it had a good time with it. I really liked The Hangover. Yeah, the, I, the I thought it was one. good. I, the second one was awful. Yeah, I don't fir- think I watched the third one. The second one is the first movie again, but in Thailand. Yeah. And the third movie is just... Very different from the first two. Uh, it's I, not the I didn't watch the third one. You didn't yeah. see? I saw. Didn't you see it in theaters? Maybe I did, but the second one I definitely watched in theaters, and yeah. I was like, "This is garbage." Yeah. Garbage. Garbage. Uh, Where's where that from? Garbage that day. Oh. Right. That's that <laughs> video of that guy. He's holding a gun or something, and he shoots him. What are you talking about? What do you think? I'm was that about? in The Hangover? No, it was from. It was like it's like this really bad scene from a movie. And I forgot what it is, but we'll find it after. It's like a Sesame Street movie with Oscar. The I definitely, <laughs> is Oscar definitely don't think so. Uh, but I'll show you guys after. And then I watched The Father, which again, uh, hopefully we'll have a review up soon for it. Again, just like Daniel, absolutely loved it. I can't wait to watch it again. Then I watched Coming to America, 
And we have had a good time for that too. And our reviews up. Wandavision, of course, is all done. So. Oh, Wandavision, Wandavision, Wandavision. Why is he yelling at me? Maybe that's what the no, I think that's the what the yeah. other the yeah was, was, was on my list. Was that what yeah? <laughs> I think it was yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Wandavision, Mame, Wandavision. That's done, and we have a great, uh, I guess you know. Review, not review, but a recap on that episode with our good friend Nate from We Are Geek Centric. So please go ahead and check that out on our feed. Uh, because Zack Snyder's Justice League is upon us, I watched Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman: Dawn Justice: The Ultimate Edition. And uh, like Daniel, I also have watched Modok, and that's all I can say about it. And I swear, don't shoot me, Marvel. Don't yeah. Know. So um, this week I watched Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, we have a review up on that. We also have Us Again, um, which is another little short story that mm-hmm. went in front of uh, oh, yes. Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, that was really, really well done. Yeah. Um, I started watching For All Mankind Season 2 because I started with the first episode of Season 2. Now I've watched two more episodes have come out. Really, really enjoying it. I really like this story of this alternate version of us going to the moon. And, I'm, and I always keep thinking, man, why aren't we on the moon? Why don't we have bases on the moon? Why don't, <laughs> like, with the recent... Mars lander, like why are we in Mars? Like I just man, we I, we got too much shit going on here. Like <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> too much it's shit like going on it's here. it's a it's an alternate version of our reality where yes, we went to the moon, but we've also put um, bases on the moon, and now we might be in a conflict with, and it's not me, it's not us, it's the Americans. We'll say Americans are in conflict with the Soviets on the moon, and now they have weapons on the moon. Oh shoot. You know? I like I like how Ad Astra did moon bases where there was like a McDonald's on the moon. I was gonna say, is there a McDonald's? Like on there? Something like that. It was really cool. Yeah. So. What was it? McDonald's on the uh, it was on a, it was a it was a fast food place. I don't think Pizza it was McDonald's, Hut? but it was probably like Harvey's. One or, thing I Har- was one thing I like about For All Mankind is they take archival footage and they they I Doctor? don't know if they they redo it, but with like <laughs> the character, like the actual president is talking about a scenario that's happening in their story. It's oh, crazy. So they'll have like they'll have Richard Nick, not Richard Nixon, sorry, um, Ronald Reagan talking about something that's happened on base, but like it looks like he actually is talking about it. Mm. So they do a Forrest Gump type of thing, but it looks real because mm. he's his mouth is moving. The, the the words that are coming out of his mouth are sound like him. Mm. So I really like that. Um, it was Applebee's. <laughs> that's it. I was like, I, I you know what the worst part is? I could see the logo, but Me I'm too. like, what is that thing? Oh, so yeah, so if you have Apple TV Plus, put on. Um, for all mankind for all mankind season two stanley tucci searching for italy this week they went to bologna so they talked a lot about great episode um mortadella and pastas and just you know what they do and seen the cheese preserved like that my god parmigiano reggiano type of thing mama megleone they were talking about like oh why does the food taste so great here and and why is it grown so good and it's maybe because the wind (laughs) They were talking about the wind going through That's the crazy. valleys that that enrich the soil and enrich the animals' blood. It's crazy. Jeez. So um, I really enjoyed. It's a really well made Tucci. show. Yeah, really he, well made and this show. is all. He's all. I think this episode was before the pandemic or during the pandemic. Because some episodes he's in there, he's not. Um, it's either before or after. Yeah. Sometimes he has the mask on. Sometimes he yeah. doesn't. Um, Jurassic Park I put on because we were talking about the 90s last week and I really felt that I, you know, nostalgic for Jurassic Park and man, it's so good. Mm, great film. The dinosaurs, 
Um, especially during the day, they don't look as good as I remembered them. The brontosaurus scene, especially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the, yeah. But it's so good. Like, it's such yeah. a horror film. Like, that big opening sequence with the raptor. Imagine so you're good. a kid and you're scared watching that. Me, and, like, scared the, the hell out of me. It still does. Like, I get, like, the PTSD from my childhood. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, T-Rex, that whole pulling down the, the, the security the wires, the security cables just to get in. Or, sorry, get out. It was really, really well done. I put on the Mauritanian, which stars uh, Jodie Foster. And this story is um, it's a true story about, uh, I'm going to pull up his name, Mamadou Oloud Salahi, who was taken as a prisoner or a terrorist or a suspected terrorist to Guantanamo Bay back in, we'll say the 2000s, early 2000s after 9-11, and he was never charged, but was suspected to be the orchestrator of 9-11. He was the man who apparently found all the hijackers and set them on their course. Mm. But um, it's, it's a really interesting story, and it, it really opens your eyes to what, that, what they were doing at that time regarding people who they suspected were ter- terrorists and how they were being held, held captive. Jody P- Foster plays um, Tahar Rahim, who's the actor. He, she plays his lawyer, who he's trying to say, I never, you know, I never did all, any of these things. They're just trying to pin this on me because they need an scapegoat as this you know, plotter. They needed to show that, hey, we got the guy who orchestrated everything, but I'm not that guy. So it's a really, it's a, it becomes a political thriller and it's a true life story. And that's the part I liked about it. I also liked the. <laughs> Why are you staring? I, Why are you laughing? Because I, I definitely, did he say an escape goat or escape goat? An I escape think... goat. I said an escape goat. Yeah. Yeah, because that's why I was an laughing. Oh. So I'm like, he needs to be an escape goat. He, well, they escaped on a goat. That's no. how my people escape. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But gotcha. Um, it's really well done, really well written, really well directed, and really well acted. This is what uh, she won her Golden Globe for, correct? Yeah. yeah. Jodie Foster. So and I think Dahan Rahim was nominated. Yes. Yeah, and he was here. really, really good. Yeah. Really, really good. I encourage you guys to watch it. I'm not too sure how it's premiering. I know it's, a, isn't it not an Amazon Studio film? I th- I feel like it is, but it is. I don't know. I don't know, but um, really, really good well movie. And yeah. then they put um, Man of Steel on in preparation for Justice League Zack Snyder cut, or is it Zack Snyder cut Justice League? Zack Snyder's Justice League. Just yes. And I really like that movie. I think that's the strongest movie Zack Snyder made out of the whole DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about this before before the show started. He's this is the only movie he also never wrote yeah he didn't write man of steel no no right um it was uh, david esquire the yeah. in, the introduction of zod to planet earth is probably one of the most scariest sequences because it felt so real and it felt like man this could actually happen there was a, it's a it, horror element too with yeah. him and the static on the tv and like, like a space horror yeah yeah really and michael cool. shannon was so good in this film um yes there's a lot of destruction and we can talk about that and but Yes. I like the introduction of Superman in this movie because we already know who Superman is, but this is that version of Superman who doesn't know who he is, but he is growing into being this, right. this character. And Ru- Russell Crowe plays a fantastic father figure, better than Kevin Costner, who I really never liked his 
portrayal, like like the his idea of of Jonathan Kent. I like him as Jonathan Kent. Yes, I just but his as him as as Jonathan Kent, father of the future <laughs> Superman. It's like he's he's a little like morally ambiguous. Yeah, a little bit where you're just like right. What are you telling are you him that he should have let him? They should have let that kid die. Like, like yeah, those so, kids, you should have let them die. You know. And even Maybe. like the he's sequence, like, what? What? No, the sequence where he's like oh, in the, the tornado, tornado and he puts his hand out. He's like, "Don't." My biggest, my biggest complaint with that film. But I think, I think that's like, I mean, not to like defend it, but I think no, defend it. Okay, well, defend uh, it. Your Honor, I think the moral amb- ambiguity behind Jonathan Kent's character in that film is is kind of what what makes that interesting because you have Jor-El who's like, "Listen, you have to save people," and you know what, the, the human race will, will stumble and fall behind you. But you have to be a beacon of hope. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jonathan Kent's like, yeah, I mean, if you want, I'd be careful if I were you. So it, it kind of creates that conflict in him. Whether it's right or wrong, right. I, I, I still think it's an interesting take. It's not the take that I would have preferred, um, but I kind of see what they were trying to do. I got it, yeah. And I, I, my, only, my, only, my only rebuttal to that, Your Honor, if I may, to take the stand, um, is that Superman only met his... Jor-El when he was in his third 33 mm-hmm. right where like his whole life growing up he was taught by Jonathan and Martha who to be how to be human I agree so and, I have no and so it's just like it's a weird switch where it's like okay now Jor-El is telling him that he has to say you could save them all mm-hmm. and then where Jonathan's just like no like hide yourself which yeah. is which is a weird like because you kind of reverse them where mm-hmm. he's already got these values of you know being like a human and helping mm-hmm. people like should have been from his birth parents uh, I'm, I'm from his, from no, his i'm on your side with that no his, i totally uh, agree yeah. yeah it just it's just it's just like again i i really love man of steel it's just there's just like little story decisions where i'm just like yeah maybe they just could have mm-hmm. done this maybe maybe metropolis didn't have to be a crater at the end of this yeah, film the destruction was too much yeah and then Ooh. i put on WandaVision. Well, we watched well, it. We did a review. Yeah. <laughs> we put it on, but we did a review for yeah, it. We did our discussion on it. It's a great discussion. Forty-five minutes. Yeah, we spoke forty-five about that. minutes. Pretty much the whole episode. We yeah. Discussed. When we have man, like it's like it's so because it's so nice knowing that like I'm gonna miss that show every week, but it's so nice knowing that like we have now Falcon and the Winter Soldier to look forward to every yeah, week. So correct. it's we don't have too long to wait for stuff. Yeah. Not too long at all. Not too long. Well, that concludes episode ninety-six. Oh my God, we're, we're so close to a hundred of the movie podcast again you can catch a new episode every monday across all your podcast all the podcast services out there um don't forget to leave us a comment and review we are trying to hit 200 uh five star ratings if you're listening right now just at the end just head search on the podcast um app and search the movie podcast pull over and scroll up you'll see stars you swipe across it give us that star power and if you <laughs> star, power. star power if you would like leave us uh, a comment on how much you enjoy or, us if you're driving right now just stop your car you could do it while you're driving middle of the road you just say permission. hey siri give the movie podcast oh everything uh, right now just activated <laughs> a five-star review <laughs> But that was this time with the movie podcast. And we shall see you next.